What's up, y'all? Happy Tuesday. We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Guys, I couldn't sleep last night. That's how excited I am for this CSU-Utah State game at Moby Arena. Rams going to be rocking the state pride. Uni's going to come out swagged out. Hopefully, it's a case of look good, feel good, play good. When the Aggies came to town last year, the Rams gave them a run for their money. Obviously, a competitive game when these two teams met in Logan about a month ago. So we're going to go over that game a little bit. Going to talk about what the Rams need to do better on this podcast. Going to get some audio from CSU Rams assistant coach Ali Farak Manesh. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. Just this game in general. I mean, like I said, it was like 2.30 in the morning. I'm like sitting in my living room last night just thinking to myself, you really should be sleeping. You're going to regret this so much tomorrow when it's this same time and you're still working on content. But I couldn't help it, man. I was watching highlights of of Sam Merrill and thinking about, you know, what CSU needs to do defensively to try and slow him down. Dude is just so shifty, so impressive. Uh, but we're going to talk about this Utah State game in general. Also going to end the show with a little bit of Bachelor talk. I'm mostly talking hoops today. It's just such a big game, really a big week in general. I know Wyoming is struggling, but trip to Laramie is always difficult. They're always going to be up for this game, even if it's not, you know, packed and rocking like it typically would be. But before we uh, continue, I got to take a moment to shout out our friends at Bojo's Pizza. Right now, you can get a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of any entree. All you got to do is tell them DNVR sent you. That's a no-brainer, guys. Who doesn't love cheesy bread? I'm going to Bojo's later this week with some of the DNVR fam. Also, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, I'm going to be Hooters Miss Colorado judge. I don't know how that happened. Very, very uh, random. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be an interesting event. I'll... You know, talk about what happens at a podcast. That's that's going to be later this week, uh, but really just so much hoops in general this week, and I'm very very excited for it. But like I said, if you're going to be eating pizza this week, make sure you're eating bojos. Make sure you're taking advantage, getting that free honey cheese bread. Support local. Support bojos. Support DNVR Rams. Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown, Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt, he's at the five, touchdown Colorado State!
It is game day. It is on like Donkey Kong. This is going to be the biggest game at Moby in at least three years. I honestly feel like this game is even bigger than some of the games that the Rams played back in that 2016-17 campaign just because, you know, things were always interesting under Larry, but that's when things were more or less stable. It was like in between incidents. They were kind of rolling after, you know, having to <laughs> deal with the academically ineligible situation. And, you know, it was it was fun. I've talked about how much I enjoyed that team multiple times. But just given that, you know, this is a team that's basically stunk it up for the last two years. And th- there was improvement last year. Like, don't get me wrong, but it was it was a tough situation that Medved went into in year one. The fact that they've been able to just completely flip things in year two is a testament to him. It's a testament to JR and Ali and Aaron and, and you know, all these guys, JP, I don't want to leave anybody out, anybody on the staff, but, um, it's, it's just so incredible what this young team has been able to accomplish. I'm very impressed by the freshmen. I'm very impressed by the seniors being willing to accept new roles. I'm not sure if last year, Chris Martin and Hiren would have accepted you know the the position that they're in now not even like coming off the bench just understanding the fact that you know they're not going to be primary guys and it's going to be these younger guys and if they are willing to commit and play defense like they can win but they're definitely not going to get you know all the glory so those guys definitely deserve some props for being you know basically they come in they, they play aggressive defense they they try and create opportunities in transition and it's been huge. I mean, you have to give a lot of the credit to Isaiah and David and, and Adam and the starting lineup. Everyone, you know, Nico, obviously, I've talked about multiple times. He gets underappreciated for what he's doing, both defensively and as a rebounder. But these bench guys, you know, they've played a really crucial role. And we're going to talk about that later here in a, in a couple of minutes. But I really think the twos are going to be a big factor against Utah State tonight. I just, the first time that these guys played, you know what, we'll just talk about it right now. Might as well. <laughs> um, the first time that these two teams played down in Logan, they just, they didn't get really any production out of the reserves. Chris and Hiron struggled. John and DT, it was probably their worst games of the season. To be fair, they didn't get a lot of run, but both of them, you know, they only played a couple of minutes. There was John, I think, had two fouls and got scored on twice in like a two-and-a-half-minute stretch. So you need those guys to be able to come in. And, you know, in their defense, they're they're still learning. You know, neither one of these guys had to play in defensive systems that were quite as complex as what the Rams have been running this year. Uh, it's really... Honestly, it's it's very impressive the strides that they've taken defensively. There's still room for growth, but just as a whole, what this team has been able to accomplish defensively is really what's kept them in games. Obviously, you know, the scoring, protecting the basketball, and Ali is actually going to talk about that later. You know, if if you if you don't stop anyone, if you let them run all over you, if you let them dictate the pace, pretty tough to win games. And that's the thing about these twos when they come in. You need them to be able to come in 
and play quality defense and contribute and, you know, not pick up fouls because it's already going to be a tough enough situation for some of these other guys, you know, Sam Merrill, uh, Justin Bean, Niamis Keda, all these guys that play really, really physical. They embrace contact. They're looking to score. You know, one of the things Nico talked about, despite the fact that this Aggies team is experienced, they have a lot of guys that can knock down jump shots as a whole. Utah State has not been a great three-point shooting team. Like I said, it's it's kind of deceptive because they have dudes like three or four different guys really that can just get it going at any time. I mean, Brock Miller, uh, Breed, Brito, Sam Merrill, obviously all these guys are capable of knocking down jump shots. All of them are capable of getting hot at any point. But their bread and butter this entire season has been two-point hoops. Specifically, it's been scoring around the paint and... It's going to be hard for Nico. It's going to be hard for David. They need, you know, DT to be able to come in and hopefully pick up like 10-ish minutes. That's one of the things that Ali told me about. He's like, I wish we would have subbed a little bit more. So I expect them to to sub a little bit more this time around. That said, if, if the guys come in and, you know, they immediately pick up fouls or they're just immediately, you know, giving up buckets, there's not a whole lot that the coaching staff can do, but I just, I don't, I think they, they played the starters a little bit too much in that last game. They all went like 35 minutes plus that's not, you know, a recipe for success traditionally. So look, look for the twos to play a big factor in this game. Uh, One of the other things that is really going to be interesting, like I said, Utah state likes to primarily attack the paint. They're looking to create contact. They're looking to draw free throws watch how CSU loads the backside and uses those guards to try and trap those bigs down around the low block there. I think it's going to be really, really key. Like I said, if, if Bean and Kata end up killing you, you're going to be in a tough spot. Last time they combined for 23 points and 16 rebounds, which honestly, like they're going to get theirs. I that's, that's not ridiculous. It was really Merrill that did most of the damage. He had 28 points and five assists on 10 of 15 shooting. Probably Merrill's breakout game this season, if we're being honest. I mean, he's been more or less the best point guard in the Mountain West for the better part of the last three years, at least two and a half, I would say. He really came on strong at the end of his sophomore campaign. That was actually a story that I'm kind of working on right now that talks about him and Isaiah. That was a comparison that I made before the they played the first time and it's something that I still see and it, it's it's a, a kind of a, a tough comparison in the sense that you know Sam is 65 he plays a lot different than Isaiah does Isaiah's significantly faster he's a better athlete I think when it's all said and done Isaiah will be uh, a better player you know by his senior year I think Isaiah will be a better player than what Sam Merrill is right now but that's really saying something because Sam is a stud, man. He just has such a high basketball IQ. You can't get him to ever play at a pace that he doesn't want to. He dictates the pace. He controls the tempo. He plays smart. I mean, every now and then, if you get under his skin, you can get him uh, to do like a frustration turnover to a bad pass. But for the most part, this guy is just rock solid. He's so smooth in what he does. And I see a lot of that in Isaiah. I just see you know, a guy who understands what he's trying to do. He's making decisions before the defense. And it's so rare to see somebody at Isaiah's age to be able to process the game the way that he does. 
So I'm really interested to see how these two guys, you know, go at it tonight. It's, it's really the matchup that I'm most intrigued by. You can't put the defensive responsibility solely on Isaiah. No one person can guard Sam Merrill for 40 minutes. It's just not going to work. He's too big. He's too strong. He's too physical. And you're just, you're asking for a tough situation. So a lot of these other guys are going to have to be able to switch. I think Roddy will probably be on him a little bit at times. I think Chris Martin off the bench, depending on how, you know, Utah state ends up reserving their guys and and how they end up, you know, changing their rotation. Obviously that's going to be dependent on who's on the floor, but basically what I'm saying is it's just, it's gotta be a team effort. You can't expect Isaiah to lock down Sam by himself. Sam's got five inches on him. He plays so physical. He can get in the paint basically at any time he wants. So that you really just get back to the, the original point, which is, you got to keep Utah State out of the middle. You got to force them to take jump shots. They might not be, you know, bad three-point shooters. Statistically, I think they rank 10th in the Mountain West as a team. But, like I said, they do have those guys that can knock them down. So even if you are, you know, forcing them to shoot, it's on the guards to get back out, to contest those guys, to to make it hard on them. Obviously, you don't want to foul or anything like that. But that's that's really what puts you in a tough position when you focus so much on you know, loading the backside and keeping people out of the paint. It does create opportunities for those shooters, but it's just kind of one of those where you got to pick your poison. I would rather do that than, you know, let Merrill and and Kata and Bean and all these dudes just work their way into the paint all night. It's too easy for them. They will score all night and all those guys can knock down free throws. So really, really going to be an interesting game. I'm going to get this audio from, Ali here that's just going to talk about how CSU has improved specifically. It's just like the point guards and their decision-making. I mean, I, I, if you watch this team back in November and December, they were playing a lot more sloppily. There was a lot of unforced turnovers and it was killing them. You know, they were doing well at times, but they would also just have these runs where they would, you know, commit like four or five turnovers in a two minute span. And it would just really kill them. It hurt them in some tight games. They've done a much better job of protecting the basketball of late. Speaking of protection, though, make sure you protect yourself from having a poor Valentine's Day experience. Guys, it's coming up. Everybody in the commercials, you know, they're bringing chocolate, they're bringing champagne. That's last year's business. What your lady wants is a 12-pack of Breckenridge beers. If you know what she wants, you can use the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find any beer you want at the closest location near you. This is such a dope feature. Why waste your time going out, you know, dealing with these corny stuffed animals, chocolates, all that. The real love language, it's beer. Show your lady you love her. Buy her some Breck Brews. Alrighty, moving on with the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Here is that audio of CSU assistant men's basketball coach Ali Farak Manesh talking about the improvement out of the backcourt this year, specifically just with the guards and their ability to value possessions and limit turnovers.
Alrighty, big thanks to Ali and everyone on the staff for, you know, just everything they've done this season, being so transparent, always being gracious and willing to give us a few minutes. I mean, there are, let's just say there are some coaches that don't do it. I mean, they feel like they're so important, like their time is so valuable, they can't take five minutes to talk with lowly beat reporters, so... You never get that sense from this staff, and I just, I really appreciate it. I've definitely worked around coaches in multiple sports that were not that welcoming, so it's it's definitely been a blast this season. Really looking forward to this next month, but we're just going to wrap today's episode up with a little bit of Bachelor Talk. Spoiler warning, if you haven't watched Monday's episode, this will give a few things away, so if, if you're worried about that, you know, maybe tune out now, but... I just, I don't understand Pete at all. I don't understand, like, Kelly's the only adult in this group, Natasha too, but it was pretty clear that he and Natasha didn't have that same connection. I honestly was shocked that she got brought along this far. It was like, it's, I don't know, it, it didn't really make sense to me. He finally gave her a one-on-one and then sent her home, like, almost immediately. So, just weird that he sent Kelly and Natasha home they're like the most mature out of everyone. Everyone else is, you know, really a child kind of, for being honest, a hot emotional mess. At this point, I'd say Hannah Ann and is probably the front runner. Maybe Kelsey, he and Kelsey seem to have some type of connection. I don't, I think Pete just likes drama for being completely honest. Hannah Ann hasn't had a ton, but Kelsey definitely has had her fair share throughout this season. I mean, it definitely would make sense for why he kept Victoria F. I just, I, it seemed like his date, his like time, I know it was like a three on one date or whatever with Kelly was, I don't know, so much smoother. It, it just looked like what a healthy relationship should probably look like. And it just seems like Victoria F is like, so in her head about everything, every time personally, that would, after a while, it would just kind of drive me crazy. Like I'm sympathetic. I know that this is a, a brutal situation, but just like she basically like picked a fight with him and still got a rose somehow. So good for her, I guess. I just, I so weird to me. I don't get it at all, but yeah, but that's really my only thoughts on the bachelor. Like I said, I don't really take a ton of time on this, but I always do like to do a little bachelor talk segment. It's such a big part of pop culture. What a nuggets game though, guys, what a nuggets game. I know not everyone that listens is a, Nuggets fan, but I'm a total homer when it comes to the NBA. I just, I, I can't believe it. You can't ever count that group out. And at this point, I don't see how you don't expect them to go far. I mean, I'm trying to to temper my expectations. I'm trying to, you know, I, I just don't want to get ahead of myself. I was so disappointed when they lost to Portland last year. I told myself I wouldn't be because I knew it was just the start of something, but it's hard, you know, once they get there, it's hard not to, to totally be all in on it. It's really kind of like CSU in the Mountain West tournament. I mean, if they end up finishing, you know, second, it's going to be hard for the Ram fans not to be like, well, why can't we win this? I mean, we got to this point. Why can't we win this whole damn thing and go to the NCAA tournament? So that's kind of how I felt with the Nuggets last year to an extent. I think that's how a lot of Ram fans will feel this year. I just think, you know, this is a team that you can't help but buy in on and, if they lose, it'll be disappointing, but obviously people will still be excited because you know that the future is bright. You know that the tide has turned. 
but it's just a good time to be a hoops fan. I mean, even if you're a Buffs fan, number 16 in the country, kudos to them. They're a, they're a great program. I know that's not what Ram fans want to hear, but I do have a lot of respect for Tad Boyle. I will say it's crazy to me how Buffs fans are like constantly just going for Boyle's throw. It seems like they don't understand what they have. I don't know. It's just like this delusion sometimes, you know, CU was nothing. They were completely irrelevant in basketball forever until Tad got there and their fans just don't appreciate it. So I hope that Ram fans can understand what Nico Medved is doing, understand how rare it is and appreciate him, appreciate this whole staff. It's a business, but you know, these are a a couple of schools that have coaches that are, that are doing it the right way. And I, I commend them for that. And, and honestly, even if you look at UNC, it's, it's the same situation. What Linder's doing over there, just a, a great, great time to be a hoops fan. UNC, CU and CSU all in the, in the top 110 in net ranking nuggets off to the best start in franchise history. It's hoops time, baby. We're talking basketball. I love it. All right. That's, that's pretty much it for today. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe, rate that whole deal. I'm supposed to talk about that more. I feel like every podcast does. Uh, But for real, if you appreciate what we're doing, throw us a a four or five star rating. If you hate it, you hate it. I understand. You got to do what you got to do. But, you know, I hope that's not the case. And I hope everyone has a wonderful Tuesday night. Hope that they are in Moby Arena. I hope that the whale is rocking. I hope that it's lit, as the kids say word. Peace out. With the cuff khakis Wearing graphic tees Feeling way too trendy Raps that kill Oh, I'm deadly Primed and ready Like machetes At a deli In New Delhi Feeling scummy Like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh, I'm gnarly Like non